Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome into another edition of Ask the Experts. I'm your host, Dave Callender, and joining me on the show again from REMAX Twin City Realty, it is Faisal Suziwala, Canada's top real estate agent. Hello, Faisal. How are you? Fine, thanks, David. How are you? I'm doing very well. And uh, Faisal is not alone this time. He has brought a guest along with him, so I suppose we should say hello to this new person. Faisal, who have we got with you? Well, we have Jonathan Schmidt, a very good and dear friend of mine. Uh, he is a sales manager at Stocky in Kitchener, auto sales. Auto sales. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm, well, I know we're going to get into this during, during the hour, but I'm already curious as to why we have a real estate agent and an auto sales person. Are you, are you, maybe you're going to try and sell us something to put in the new garage of the house that we're going to, uh, but uh, we'll find out. <laughs> That's the plan. Well, you know what, I thought it would be very interesting to get uh, some parallels between the two industries. And uh, Jonathan and I were speaking not that long ago and we thought, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how is your business doing in comparison to how our business is doing, especially during these uh, you know, COVID times, pre-COVID, and what we expect to happen, uh, you know, once hopefully we're out of this and where we're, the outlook is in both the auto industry and the real estate industry. All right. That sounds like a great idea, an interesting topic. Before we get into it, though, I'm sorry, just before we started the recording, I had to go on Amazon to see if I could find your book. And ta-da, it's there. I, I can have it by Tuesday if I want. So uh, we want to remind everyone that the book, uh, the, I've got it right here. The book is called The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker, and there's Faisal right on the cover. You must be excited. I am very excited. Uh, we, we just uh, got published last week, and uh, already uh, the book sales are doing very well. I'm getting some great feedback, so very excited about it, yes. Well, that's great. You'll have to let us uh, keep us up to date with how the sales are going. Uh, I assume it's going to be, uh, a, you know, a, a big seller for people. A lot of people are going to be interested in that. So, again, that's uh, that's the book, The Real Deal. It's uh, available now on Amazon. And if you'd like to get some more information on what Faisal does and his business during the hour, you can uh, fire up your web browser and go to homeshack.com or call 519-624-5555. So I understand the two of you have been good friends for a while. Uh, maybe you just give us a bit of background. How, how did the two of you meet? Well, I was looking for a vehicle. I met Jonathan and uh, he hooked me up and uh, we became friends instantly. Uh, we, we both have a very similar mindset and uh, we deal uh, in the same manner as we like to be dealt with. And uh, we just connected over that and uh, we've been friends for well, how many years? 15, 16 years now. Yeah. Lots of mutual friends and clients as well. Yeah. So uh, the idea on the show today is we're talking about real estate and, and uh, you know, the housing industry and the automobile industry. Whenever you talk about business, those two things seem to be the real backbone of our economy. And so when both are doing well, that's, that's what we like. So uh, Maybe you could talk a little bit about your idea for the show today and why you thought it would be a good idea to to take a look at both. So what I thought was, you know, I saw some parallels happening. And of course, I speak to Jonathan on, on a regular basis about what's happening in the car industry, because we see that when the real estate industry is doing well, it seems that the auto industry is doing well. And what we've noticed in our respective businesses is that we've been experiencing a boom. 
So I thought I'd bring Jonathan on to just say, well, what's causing that? Like, why, why are people in these times where we would expect them not to have disposable cash and, you know, there's all sorts of assistance happening with government and whatnot. Like, where is this money coming from? Why is there a boom in the market? Similar questions that I'm asked on a regular basis. Well, why are people paying $100,000 over asking to buy a home? And, and when I was speaking to Jonathan about that, and he'll, he'll enlighten us in a minute, was like, you know, he's getting top dollar for vehicles. He's getting top dollar for your trades. And I'm like, why, who's buying these things? Why are they paying so much money? Where's this demand coming from? So maybe Jonathan can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing, you know, prices for trades and stuff, which is a good thing for the client as far as, you know, the value and what they're getting for it. We're getting, you know, a lot more than we normally would for, for a trade. And I think a lot of that's driven by, you know, the U.S. market and stuff like that. There's also a huge demand for used cars because there's not a, not a lot of them out there and so on and so forth. But we're also finding too, which is, you know, a good thing and a bad thing is that because other markets other than the Canadian market are buying our trades, and you know giving us that value which we're passing on to our clients it's making it a little bit tougher for us in our industry to keep those cars that we would like to keep you know for our clients to sell as a pre-owned so that, that's the negative side of that but the positive side is a great time right now to trade in your vehicle uh, for something new or or even a pre-owned vehicle because the values that we're getting for trade is just crazy and i think that's you know drawn by the market um, drawn by demand i think a lot of people too nowadays because they couldn't go away during this COVID pandemic and everything going on. You're kind of sheltered into the, to Canada and whatnot, that people are using that money that they had allocated for trips, vacations, and so on, and putting that towards a new vehicle. So the demand is, you know, significantly more than in past years. Well, I was going to ask you why you thought this was happening. I'm glad that you're having a boom in your business, but uh, at least for the first few months of the pandemic, no one was going anywhere. We were all just sort of hibernating in our houses, but now people are getting out and doing things again. Is, have you seen a gradual increase in your business as, as we've gone through the pandemic? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Mar March and April, when this whole thing kind of happened and we were getting shut down, you know, we saw a little bit of a dip, but June, July, August, and September so far have been record months for us, which is which is crazy to think during these times. And it's similar to what I was saying in a, in a previous show where um, it's this pent up demand. So yeah. people were just waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing's happening and nothing's happening. And all of a sudden the markets open up and all of that time was just basically just that pent up demand happens. Uh, the markets open, the stock market is booming, the auto sales are booming, a real a residential. And this is, you know, like Jonathan said that, people are seeing value in what they own and they're getting more than they had expected. So they're looking at upgrading similarly to what they're doing in the real estate industry. They never thought they would get X amount of dollars for their home. And all of a sudden they're seeing these massive numbers. And then you were saying that in your industry as well, the rates have really yeah. come down yeah. and just like mortgage rates have come down. So there's another parallel there where if money is cheap and buying power is there, so what, what kind of interest rates are you seeing right now in your side of things? In the new car side, you know, it's as good as 0%, you know, for an extended term, you know, and on pre-owned there, there are different rates that are offered by the bank too that are pretty competitive um, as far as that goes. But as far as from a new car standpoint, the manufacturers offered crazy incentives that just make it advantageous for, for the buyer to do it. And especially when we're getting 
over what is normal uh, for their trades. Like an example would be we had a, a client that had a Jeep and they drove it for almost two years and we were almost able to give them what they paid for brand new being two years old just due to the demand. Now that car we did, we did send it to the, to the States, but it's just been crazy the demand because you can't get enough product. And with the shutdown of the plants uh, all over the world, you know, it's made supply a little bit limited which has increased the demand and made vehicles harder to get, which has uh, increased the values of the pre-owned market. Well, I was going to ask, well, what do you think is driving this? I didn't realize that, I, I knew full well that there was a shortage of new homes on the market, but uh, I didn't know there was a shortage of vehicles as well. Select vehicles for sure, you know, depending on what category you're in or, or whatever, there's definitely a shortage of some new, new vehicle products depending on what brand and make and whatnot. So would you say that the exchange rate helps because the U.S. exchanges definitely is yeah. that is that why the vehicles yeah. are being shipped? Yep, there's a little bit of that too. The exchange rate is there, and, and also the demand. You know, because if you can't get it in, uh, let's let's take the U.S. for an example. If you can't get it in the U.S., people are looking elsewhere, and they're eating up you know Canada because it's so close and easier to import export from there versus say maybe Europe or whatnot. So where were things? before the pandemic hit if we went go back to january when none of us knew this was going to happen really uh what sort of a year did you think 2020 was going to be for auto sales and, and home sales uh, where were things then well for home sales um we had in 2017 we experienced the boom in 2018 things started to like sort of settle down a bit 2019 started recovering but what we've noticed throughout that entire time was that demand was increasing, inventory was still very low. And we, we know inventory is low when you're getting eight to 10 offers on every home. And I guess maybe in the auto industry, because they stopped manufacturing for a couple of months, yep. is that what you would say caused that demand to increase? That, that definitely uh, played a part of it. We obviously didn't know that coming into, you know, into January that that was going to happen. Uh, we've seen an increase in sales year over year um, just due to, you know, growth of our community, um, you know, awareness to our brands and whatnot. We've seen that happen and we expected, a, you know, probably a 10% increase from year last year to this year. But with uh, the COVID pandemic that happened, that obviously played a little bit of a part, but I think we're going to be um, above that, even, even though which would happen in the, in the community and society. Thanks for joining us. This is Ask the Experts on 570 News. I'm Dave Callender and with me today, Back from a Remax Twin City Real Estate, it's Canada's top real estate broker, Faisal Suziwala is with us and he brought a friend. Uh, also joining us is Jonathan Schmidt, who is uh, the sales manager at Stocky Chrysler. And uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna do our very best this hour to not only sell you a beautiful new home, we'll put a car in the garage as well. So before the break guys, we were talking about uh, where things have been going during the pandemic. And uh, I guess as we head into the fall now, and still a little bit of unknown as to how long the border is going to stay closed and what's going to happen. Will, be there a, will there be a second wave? What do you see on the horizon? What is your outlook on valuation in both industries, real estate and the auto industry? Uh, as far as the automotive industry, I feel like it's going to continue. Um, you know, the trend, the traffic, uh, all that stuff seems to be increasing. Um, the summer is usually pretty strong. September and the fall with the new models launching in 2021s are just starting to arrive in dealerships today. So that, that's helping uh, a little bit of demand as well. Um, and, you know, to play the opposite with the fact that the previous model year is running out, there's some great deals and options there as well. So 
I think the demand is, is going to stay consistent throughout the rest of the year. And I think we're going to have a, a great year, better than probably expected. And Faisal, what would you say about the housing market? So the housing market is in because it comes in waves and we've had a very strong summer which normally would have been a very strong spring but that got advanced into the summer now the summer market will con continue into the fall but what we find is today you know coming into mid-september and whatnot the amount of people that are out there shopping for a home has declined uh, values are still there but we're not getting the upside uh, as much as we were. So instead of getting, you know, 100,000 over asking, we might be seeing 25 to 50,000 over asking. So that actually puts a buyer in a fairly good position if they were able to wait. And if they're able to continue looking and um, triggering on a home now, they're going to be able to find perhaps a home that they like, not necessarily overpay for it and not be in competition with 10 or 12 people most likely they'll still be in competition, but maybe with only two or three people. So it's going to increase their chances of getting the home that they want. So for the buyers, there will be somewhat, it's still a very much of a, of a seller's market, but for the buyers, there's going to be a little bit of an opening in the market. And as we get into October, November, December, buyers who are wanting to enter the market should seriously look at it and not put it off until the spring of next year. Uh, we, hope that there is not another lockdown because a lockdown will eat away at people's confidence. And at this point, people are very confident they're moving along. So as long as we're continuing to be safe and whatnot, we should be fine. Okay. So uh, I guess the next question is then you, you believe this will continue into next year. Do you see any kind of a slowdown coming? Uh, if we would ask you to Put, you know, take a look in your crystal ball. What do you see uh, coming past the start of 2021? As long as interest rates are not climbing, we're going to see the market thrive. Um, the government, in their good wisdom, once in a while, like to throw a wrench into our formulas here and, you know, put restrictions on, put caps on, put qualifying uh, restrictions in place. Right now, everything that the government has put into place with CMHC, with lending rules, it has been adapted and people are comfortable with those regulations. It just depends on how stringent things are going to get, but interest rates are the key factor right now. And I would say ours is the same in our business too. Um, some of the banks and the lenders that we use have tightened the you know, restrictions and whatnot of what's required in order to get approved for a loan and whatnot. But as long as that stays similar to what it is right now, I think we're going to have another successful year again. I think a lot of people will be uh, surprised to hear that you're seeing people with a lot of buying power because a lot of people have gone through a tough time, at least during the start of the pandemic. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Where are you seeing this, this buying power coming from? In our industry, it's, a lot of it is equity takeout. So people have, when the interest rates came down, it allows them to buy. But when the market increases and their homes appreciate, they're now able to leverage their assets and extract capital from their assets at very low costs and put them into things like vehicles and RVs and luxuries that they possibly wouldn't have considered. Instead of making a move, people are taking money out, buying pools for their homes, buying automobiles. Um, they're doing all those things that they never thought they could because they thought it would take forever for them to save up money. But that's one of the beauties of buying real estate. 
is that it's a forced saving and the appreciation is money in the bank, which at some point you can extract if you really needed it to. And to you know, touch on what Faisal said too, as far as the automotive side of this things go, we're having a similar situation, right? People that bought a vehicle, say one or two years ago or two years into a contract, you know, because of what we mentioned earlier, as far as trade values and stuff like that, in, in certain scenarios and in most scenarios, we're able to get people out of their current vehicle and into the same vehicle, but obviously a year or two near for around the same payment. All right, uh, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't want to, but, uh, and we all hope there won't be another lockdown, but the truth is we've recently seen uh, another spike in cases in Canada. If there was at least even another partial lockdown, uh, what, what can we expect? Uh, you know, uh, what have you prepared and, and, uh, you know, are we going to be able to, to get through it? Um, well, what we've done at, at Stocky is we've tried to move the process or the sales process into an online availability. So basically you can do the majority of purchasing a vehicle, whether it be like a virtual walk around of the vehicle, uh, explanation of features and benefits and all that stuff credit approval and all that stuff ahead of time online and virtual. So we're able to provide that to our clients and stuff like that. And then the only physical thing would be, you know, picking up the vehicle and, and during the COVID times and stuff like that, we try to adapt and change those things. So our process, if a customer feels comfortable is we could have the car outside the keys in it, knowing obviously when the customer is going to come, they would get in the vehicle sales rep can be in the showroom, do a FaceTime video, and go through the features and benefits of that vehicle with them. So it is a pure touchless experience for that client, if that was to happen again. And in the real estate end of things, uh, we were deemed essential during a lockdown. Now, my position on that is still the same. If there's a lockdown, my recommendation is to do nothing. Stop buying a house. Don't be looking, don't be selling, don't be pandemic selling. Uh, don't feed into the frenzy and people in March and April that panicked are seeing the losses that they suffered because they panicked and sold. Whereas my recommendation to anyone that was on the market was take your house off the market, just stop. Now there are exceptions. If you had already bought a home, you needed to sell. If you had already sold a home, you needed to buy. So those are, um, you know, scenarios that we have to facilitate and we have to adapt to. But as a general rule of thumb, during any sort of uh, recession or pandemic, it's better to do nothing if you can ride that storm. You're going to come out way ahead. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dave Callender. This is Ask the Experts and my guest today, Faisal Suziwala is joining us on the show again today. If you're not familiar with him, well, you should be because he's Canada's top real estate agent and that's not hyperbole. Uh, I don't know. I don't know many other real estate agents who have a book on Amazon, but Faisal does right now. So you can go and take a look for that as well, the real deal. And uh, uh, Faisal's got a guest with us today. Jonathan Schmidt joins us, who's the sales manager from Stocky Chrysler. The idea was to take a look at the trends and what's going on in both of these industries, the auto industry and the housing industry, because they really are the, you know, the, the main tent pegs of our economy. So here's a, you know, the, the whole question of leasing versus buying is one that's familiar to me when it comes to getting a car. I, I never really thought about it when it came to a house, but of course people do lease houses. So, so let's talk about that. Leases versus buying in both of your industries. 
what what is your advice what do you have to say about it so in the real estate industry leasing is uh, an option that people will look at if they're just starting to get into independent living they're not able to afford the down payment so they'll hang their hat at a home for you know a year two years try to save up some money um, and lease a home on a one-year basis or a month-to-month basis until they're able to purchase now as real estate people we don't encourage people to indefinitely lease their home because they're not building up any equity they're paying down their landlord's mortgage for that time and helping their landlord create wealth and not creating wealth for themselves so leasing is a great option when you're starting out leasing is also a great option when you have lived through your home you've had a great sort of ownership life and you're ready to retire um, you want to basically downsize. You don't want all those costs associated with ownership, property taxes, maintenance, and whatnot. So, you know, you may, you may decide, well, you know, I've got a place in Florida. Why don't I uh, just lease something during the summer months and during the winter, I'll be gone. So those are great options when you're not looking at building equity. So there is a, there is a time to lease. Uh, but in our industry, I would recommend for the most part, you should be buying. I know that in the automobile industry, um, there's a different philosophy on that. And, and, and Jonathan can sort of tell us what, what his take is on that. Uh, you know, it, it's all depends on everybody's individual situation. Obviously, everybody's different. But some pros that we see in, in our industry as far as leasing and benefits of that is, you know, a lot of people don't think about, you know, the future or how it's going to play out. But a lot of people unfortunately happen to get into an accident or something like that. And if that happens, you know, that can dramatically affect the trade in value of your car. If you're leasing, um, you don't have to worry about that, right? When you return your car, you can just hand in the keys and say, Hey, I want a new one, or you want to go do with a different product or something like that. So that's something people don't think about. You're a little bit more protected. Um, there's a lot of third party uh, sites that are out there as well that help you take over your lease. I think as a lease is a little bit easier to get out of. Uh, your payment's also a little bit less than a lease, so you can get a little bit more car for less payment. So that's an option for leasing as well. Um, you might also want to look at if, depending what your situation is, if you want to do a shorter term, because maybe you're only in the country for a certain amount of time, or you just uh, like to change that more often, or maybe a, a lifestyle change. Leasing's a little bit easier to get out of if that's the case. I always, I always thought that you know, a depreciating asset. Mm -hmm. you should maybe lease and yep. an appreciating asset you should buy. That's why we encourage people not to lease a home for too long and get into ownership because that's an appreciating asset. So would you say like in the auto industry, it's the opposite of that? To some extent, I think it depends on, you know, who you are and what your situation is, right? Like myself, I, I like to lease just because I get bored quickly and I want a new vehicle that much more often. And I like to change things. Uh, and, and, you know, you're getting a little, like I said earlier, you're getting a little bit more car for your money. So you're getting a little bit more value. Uh, if you're a person that, you know, is going to keep your vehicle for an extended period of time and you're going to, you're going to drive it to that 200,000 kilometer range, or you're going to pass it on through your family or through your business, maybe financing is a better option. But if, if you're someone that likes to change quickly, or you could see, perceive possible lifestyle changes in your, in the upcoming future, at least might be a better option because there's more flexibility. You know, when it comes to vehicles for me, I was always the person who bought the car 
and looked forward to the day when I didn't have the car payment anymore. I could be free and clear for a few years. And so that was always my way of thinking that now that I, you know, I'm actually leasing a vehicle, I'm more excited by the fact that I, I will get to just give it back and have something newer with more modern technology. So when you have, when someone comes in and they're dead set on, no, no, I've always purchased my vehicles. Yeah. Do you try, do you talk them into a lease or do you, do you let them go ahead and get what they want? We, we like to give everybody to, you know, the best of our abilities, you know, a full 360 picture of what, you know, the benefits, pros and cons of what that is. And we try and help clients through their lifestyle and the information that they give us to make the right decision. So if you came in and you were dead set on leasing and that, that's what you wanted to do, obviously we'd acknowledge that and, and move forward, but we'd like to also give you the pros and cons and make sure that we're doing what's best for the best listeners of you. I guess the leasing, the value, the, the benefit is also in your industry that uh, you can lease till uh, the warranty runs out. Yep. And so then that's you're not worried about ma too. maintenance, right? Yeah. On the vehicle. Cost of ownership is a little bit less when you are leasing, you know, you can, you can you know, trend it to the, the term and the kilometers so that while you are, like you said, Faisal, like you, you can have the vehicle and you're going to have minimal costs as far as, you know, repairs and stuff like that going. So that's sometimes beneficial as well, where if you're financing the car, if you didn't purchase an extended warranty or, or even some maintenance items, you can, you can you know, come into a factor too. Yeah, in our industry, it's the same thing with leasing. A lot of people want to lease because they don't want to worry about when the roof has to be replaced yeah. or the furnace goes, they call the landlord and it's been taken care of. So I guess there are some benefits to leasing other than there's no appreciation on the residential side. Right. It just comes down to basically what's best for your scenario and what, what you're trying to do with the vehicle too. Warehouse. And, and you, you, you mentioned it earlier, but the main, main difference being though, that when you do purchase a car, I, I have not yet, unless it's like a very fancy sports car, there are not many vehicles that appreciate in value. You know, you always, I don't know how many people told me the last time I was going to get a new car. They're like, you know, it depreciates the moment you drive it off the lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and whereas, whereas we hope at least that homes do not depreciate, they, they always appreciate in, in value. So I, I think that's, you know, the, the main, the main difference between your industries. Would you like to comment on that? So, yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right on that. And that's the reason we encourage people not to lease long-term when they're in residential side, because you want an appreciating asset. You want to make money while you sleep and your home is actually making money for you while you sleep. And it's giving you the ability to leverage and it's being giving you abilities to take equity out of that and reinvest that money into more appreciating assets. Uh, and that's why we do encourage, but there, again, like I said, there are times in your life where leasing may be the only option, but these days, especially when you look at the region, uh, the cost of leasing, uh, exceeds almost the cost of ownership. So there's, there's some second thought there on is leasing really a good idea or is it better to just buy? Um, of course the down payment is the other, other issue. Um, Jonathan, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Similar. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends again, who's buying the vehicle. Sometimes we find with businesses and stuff that are buying a vehicle and they're going to consistently for the life of that business are going to make a payment. They'd rather make that payment as far as a lease payment just because their their employees or whoever's driving that vehicle is always in a new vehicle, less maintenance and so on and so forth. And they don't have to worry about the trade value. They don't have to worry if the vehicle's in an accident or anything like that. 
Um, when it comes to an individual, again, it comes back to, you know, what's their lifestyle? What are they using the vehicle for? And, and how long do they expect to keep it? The, the mentality of today's buyer or today's consumer, I should say, is very much a lease mentality. So when I'm selling a home, I'm not necessarily uh, selling a home based on what someone can afford as a number of purchase price. I'm selling a home based on what payment they can afford. Yep. And I think that that's a parallel in the auto industry where people are coming in saying, hey, I have X amount of dollars per month that's right. that I can spend. And especially this up and coming generation has got a lease mentality. Everything's on credit. Everything's based on minimum payment, which concerns me a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm a little bit old school when it comes to that. I'd like to have some equity or at least save up some money before I make a purchase, but a necessity purchase such as your primary vehicle, your primary home. If leasing is the only option, then that's great, but it's almost becoming a way of life. A payment lifestyle is, I make X amount of month, dollars per month, I can spend X amount of dollars per month on costs, leasing, rental, whatever it may be, um, and that has to work in their formula, not so much the price. And I think that's where the auto industry has really nailed it because they've never really publishing the vehicle cost they're saying for as low as 299 bi-weekly you yep. can own this vehicle yep and, and you know the thing is too i think you know the younger generations and stuff like that will always want to have the newest greatest sort of thing and, and leasing kind of gives you that option as far as that goes because you're into that vehicle again that new technology and all that stuff too so i think people nowadays more than maybe in the past are wanting to upgrade more regularly than once they once did now, you both have said that you're undergoing a, a shortage in both your industries right now. So people, to a certain extent, are, are getting into what they can, whether that means that they lease a home because that's all that's available at the, at the moment. For both of you, when do you see more selection coming up? I expect that uh, the auto industry will catch up before the housing industry in KW. But, but tell me, when do you see more availability coming? I'll go first. Okay. Well, you know, like you, you mentioned it there, you know, we had that shutdown during the pandemic and whatnot. So that kind of gave us a little bit of a hiccup as far as inventory flow, but our, our, you know, our top selling products and what we have is still limited, unfortunately. And, you know, they can't keep up with supply. Um, hopefully they do rectify that. And then we are able to get more by the year end, but I don't foresee it happening in the 2020 calendar year. Yeah, and, I, and I, I would say that 2021, we will see a lot of new development happening in our region. Uh, that will create inventory that we so desperately need. When inventory is created, as long as there's not a saturation, um, there will be some balance in the market, but we'll come back to some normalcy as far as valuations. And the demand will go down in resale be, as a result of all of the new product that is being dumped into the market. But I would say that we're probably three to five years before there's enough inventory to meet the demand of our region. And that's, again, as I spoke of before, de-urbanization is happening. People are coming into the suburbs, into our region specifically, because of affordability, because of convenience, uh, all of the amenities that we have to offer. and. I still feel that our region is undervalued. So I expect another 12 to 15% increase over the next 18 months. And Faisal, tell me, why do you think it is that 
I mean, it's obvious why we've had such an influx of people. Toronto becomes more and more expensive to live in. It seems like we were taken by surprise, though, and we didn't have enough uh, homes for all these people. I'm glad to hear that there's going to be uh, more development next year and that we are eventually going to catch up. What has been the hiccup, though, in, in the availability of homes? Why, why are home builders not building at a faster rate? Well, there's restrictions. There's, you know, you have to look at infrastructure, water supply, uh, infrastructure underground, you know, sewage capacities, pumping stations. So there's a lot of moving parts that go into getting a building permit. And uh, there are, you know, environmental issues. Um, there's not enough land that is serviced. So it has to be spread out or there has to be infill sites. There has to be zone changes, public processes. Um, so all of that takes time and that call it red tape can take two to three years. There's amazing sites within, you know, Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph that uh, should be developed that are on hold because there are studies being done and, and that's all part of the process. And of course, COVID doesn't help because the municipalities are not, you know, running on full, full power as well right now. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Ask the Experts. I'm Dave Callender. And with me on the show again, uh, back with uh, from REMAX Twin City Realty, Canada's top real estate agent, Faisal Siziwala, best-selling author as well. I should mention the book again. Over, uh, You can find it on Amazon. It's called uh, The Real Deal. Let me look. I'm in a... The real deal, billion-dollar real estate broker, and it has, it has five stars beside it, I, I got to tell you. So... Uh, well worth uh, picking up and taking a read. So uh, as we finish off the show today, uh, the thing that sticks in my mind and, is that although there has been an uptick of cases in COVID, I'm, I am confident that Canada is going to get things back under control, but there's still a reason to be cautious. And for those customers who are still staying at home for the most part, only going out when possible, when, when absolutely needed, how do they go about purchasing a car or a home and feeling safe? So why don't you walk me through the process, Jonathan? If I want to stay at home as much as possible, how am I going to buy a new vehicle from Stocky? A couple of different ways you can do it, Dave. Um, first way is you can visit our website at stockychrysler.com. You can go there and you can select a vehicle in our inventory that, that suits your needs. Um, and then we can, we can kind of go from there. The other way is obviously you can phone us. And we can have a you know, phone conversation and help you select the vehicle that's best for your needs and what you're looking for. Once we've selected a vehicle that works for you and whatever, if you have a trade, uh, we, can, we can do it a couple different ways. We can, you can send us some pictures or some videos of your vehicle along with the VIN number and the kilometers and we, we can associate a value based on that. Uh, another thing that we've done is if you're comfortable, you can uh, leave the vehicle unlocked in your driveway and we'll come to your house and we'll do a you know full walk around appraisal and do all that which is what we prefer if, if the customer is comfortable with that and then uh, after that we would basically provide you with some numbers some different options as whether it's a finance or a lease or a cash whatever is your preference and kind of give you a couple different scenarios so that we're making sure we get the best benefits for you and we're making it make sense uh, after that uh, we've selected the payments and everything like that. We can do a credit approval online or we can do it over the phone, whichever you prefer. And, and once that's approved, we can set up a delivery date. We can drop the vehicle off at your house or your office and uh, completely sanitize it before you uh, actually get in the vehicle. 
and then we can do a FaceTime or we can do a phone call conversation and make sure you understand all the features and benefits. Your phone's paired, satellite radio's up and going, and you know how to use your vehicle appropriately. Or if you prefer to come to the dealership, we can do that too. You can have the keys in the vehicle ready for you outside. Uh, we can do all the stuff. We can sign the papers similar to you, I'm sure, through a DocuSign or, or another third-party application that'll allow us to do that. And that, so we're basically trying to, if the customer doesn't feel comfortable with coming in the dealership and talking to a person, we're able to do that total virtual online experience. And what about test drives? Do, still, do people still take test drives? I've always done it because I want to make sure I've got enough leg room. I'm, I'm a big guy, but. Yeah, so we can do it a couple different ways too. We can come to your home or your office. We can bring the vehicle there and we can set it up so that you're in the vehicle. Again, we could do a FaceTime or a phone conversation from if we're doing it at your house per se, we do it from a vehicle behind you. Uh, and you know, in best case scenario, we'd be driving the same vehicle as the one that you're interested in. So if you're driving in a new pickup truck and that's what you're interested in, we'd hopefully be in a, a new pickup truck behind you as well. We connect via Bluetooth for both of our phones. We have a little phone conversation, make sure you're comfortable with all the features, your seats set up, mirrors, all that stuff. And we'd follow behind you on the test drive and make sure that you're comfortable during that experience if that's what you need to do. And Faisal, for you, uh, I know you've taken extra precautions so that people can still do an in-person tour of new homes. Yes, we're still recommending that, you know, get your ducks in a row. So let's get the financing part of it so we know that you can afford what you're looking at buying. Uh, do the virtual tour ahead of the personal visit so you've already vetted the home to make sure. Do a neighborhood drive-by to make sure it's an area that you can see yourself living in. Um, and once you've done those things, then the precautions we're taking from a seller's perspective is to make sure that there's no more than three people entering the home at any time, that only the realtor is touching the surfaces and then disinfecting as they're walking out of your home. Um, and you know, once you've set everything up, and you're following the guidelines, it's a lot easier to purchase that home without having all of the other concerns about, am I gonna get approved? Is this an area that I wanna live in? So, you know, use the technology that's out there, get qualified, get all of that done so that when you're looking at a home, you're ready to trigger when you see something you really like. And finally, this just popped into my head. It's a question for, for Jonathan mostly. Uh, Faisal, of course, has talked about for the things that people do to, to stage a home or to not stage a home uh, so that they get uh, more of a return for, you know, uh, on the purchase. If I'm trading my vehicle in, is there anything I can do to my vehicle that will help me get a, a better dollar for it? I've seen a couple things and, you know, my long history of car sales and whatnot that have helped. Uh, we've had some clients that have been very particular and kept basically a folder from day one including pictures when they purchase the vehicle, every uh, work order or service thing that's been done and basically kept a folder of everything. And you know, when they're bringing that vehicle in to trade it in, there's obviously some value there because we can pass that on, obviously with the permission of the original buyer, uh, that information, I think that helps build some value. Uh, obviously having a clean car and all that stuff definitely helps because we can show it better. We use a couple uh, tools in order to ensure top dollar for your trades and that that allow us to sell it to, you know, basically global buyers. And you know, that app we use and we take different pictures and videos and all that stuff and describe your vehicle as we see it and whatnot. So similar to a house, obviously if the house is clean, clutter free, I think it's gonna bring probably more value similar to a car if that was the case.
All right. We've got a couple of minutes left before the end of the show. And in closing, I just want to ask, obviously, both of your industries are still doing very well, and that's good news. And because they are, uh, you know, uh, big parts of our entire economy, what do you think this means for the recovery of our economy after COVID? So uh, on the on the residential or at least the home side of things, um, we're going to see an increase. Um, sorry, can we start over again? Sorry, stop, Luke. Uh, we gotta... We'll just edit this part out. That's fine. Okay. Re re uh, so just tell tell me the gist of the question again, uh, Dave. So I'm answering properly. Okay. The gist of the question was. Uh, with both of your industries doing as well as they are, yeah. what do you think that means for the overall recovery of the economy? Is Are you seeing good things on the horizon? Okay, so um, I think as, so, okay. I, th I think, are you trying to say, Dave, like basically, hey, I, I think what he's trying to say is like, obviously your market and my market's gonna improve. You know, which means that the economy in general as a whole is going to improve as well. Is that kind yeah. of what you're going for? That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Ask. Ask again. I think I've I've got my end of it. And you, you can talk about manufacturing. I'll talk about jobs for. Um, I'll wing it. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. All right. So here we go again. So. My next question, my final question of the show as we wrap things up is, I'm surprised and happy that both of your industries are doing really well, uh, it's still in the midst of, of the pandemic, and it gives me a little hope for the future. Uh, what What is your view of how well your two industries, which are backbones of the economy, what is that, how does that bode for the recovery of Canada's economy as a whole? So in the real estate end of things, as I mentioned, we're seeing a lot more new construction happening, a lot of development happening. So that's creating massive amounts of jobs. Uh, it's creating, you know, a labor force that uh, will continue to work, I would say, for the next three to five years in, in development. And that's going to obviously bring more money into the economy, more money into the communities. So um, jobs is what, what's going to be created as, as a result of this increased demand of housing. And Jonathan, for you? So similar to what Faisal was saying too, you know, I think if, if both of our markets are doing well, I think the economy in general is is doing better, right? Because people are buying homes or buying cars or whatever. So that means people are, you know, have some money to spend and, and people are doing are doing okay. So it would be manufacturing would probably increase. Yeah, manufacturing would help as well. You know, obviously the more people that buy cars, the more need there is, the more cars and parts they need to build, accessories and all that stuff and more jobs to be filled. So those are all good things. Um, I, I think that there's still a decline as far as what product is available out there for some of our brands. So that that's definitely helping to some extent as well because people are still willing to buy and, and willing to wait for those products. Well, I'm crossing my fingers that we're starting to see uh, good things coming and that this will continue for both of you as well. I wanna thank you both for being on the show. Thank you very much, David. Thanks again. So again, if you'd like to get a hold of Faisal, just go to his website, uh, homeshack.com, or call 519-624-5555. And if you'd like to go and uh, talk to the folks at Stocky Chrysler, is uh, there a phone number they can call? 519-743-0300. Uh, and the website again is? StockyChrysler.com. 
See, that was easy. Thanks, guys, for being on the show, and thank you for listening. Join us again next Saturday for more of Ask the Experts here on 570 News.